In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace and peace of our Lord be with each and every one of you this day, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. What a joy it is for us to gather and dwell together here once again on the Lord's day in his house as one body, united in the faith. What a profound blessing it is for us to be able to come here with each other and partake of the riches of God's mercy and goodness towards us in the Lord Jesus. This may seem obvious, but I truly hope one of the lessons we've learned from the pandemic over the last year and a half or so is that too much separation between the members of our society and especially the body of Christ is both unnatural and very painful. No doubt you remember how strange and jarring it was being unable to come here and receive from the Lord's hand with all the rest of your brothers and sisters in the faith. May God in his mercy spare us from such misery in the future. Of course, this pain of separation is something St. Paul experienced in a very acute and visceral way as he penned his sublime letter to the church in Ephesus, part of which serves as our epistle lesson for today. St. Paul wrote as he was locked away in prison. He too was separated from those he dearly loved, and he couldn't be present bodily among his fellow saints in the Lord's house. Fixed in place as he was, with heavy chains around him, St. Paul endured the silent horror that is physical isolation. And this scourge of separation from the things God has brought together for our good, from the people and things most important to us, is a reality we all face in this fallen, sin-stricken world, sometimes in minor ways and sometimes in the most significant ways you can imagine. What God brings together, sin rends asunder. Where God integrates, sin fragments. And what God makes whole and healthy, sin renders broken and corrupt. Who would not believe that a young soldier leaving his family, his home, to fight in a foreign land is painful, even if sometimes necessary? Who could argue that divorce, even if it's the lesser of two evils, is still a horrific solution to marital problems? Who could deny that standing at the graveside of your father, your mother, your husband or wife, or your children, being separated from them by the chasm of death is miserable beyond words. As bad as these things are, they give only a glimpse of what it is to be separated from the living God. 
He has made us for himself. And to be apart from him in this life and the life hereafter is in fact a living hell. But St. Paul in our text for today describes one of the profoundest of all mysteries in our Christian faith. It surpasses the knowledge of the angels above. It confounds the demons and their work below. It is the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling in your heart by faith. The gap which once separated God from man has now been bridged by the holy cross on which our Lord hung. The evil of sin, which divides and tears apart, has now been fastened to that cross by the nails which pierced our Lord. And though you were once far off from God, you have now been brought near by the blood of the crucified and risen Lord who dwells within you. You see this mystical union, our Lord uniting us to himself and dwelling in our hearts by faith is precisely what his heart desires. Whereas Adam and Eve in their sin drew back from him, the pre-incarnate son of God drew near to them and he made himself known to them. He sought union with them where they sought it not. And he called out to them saying, where are you? Here our Lord was calling them back to his embrace. He was calling them to reunion with him and thus for them to find their salvation in him. In fact, the whole history of salvation ever since has been the story of the triune God coming to seek and save the lost, of the redeemed being joined to the Father through the Son in the Spirit. It's the story of the Lord coming to dwell with his people, among them, and even within them. As a master builder, skillfully and artfully constructs a building, so too does the living God fashion us into temples fit for his own habitation. This reality is one reason why St. Paul could write as boldly as he did, though he was physically isolated, kept from his brothers and sisters in the church. In truth, he may have been lonely, but he was by no means alone. Even in the darkest and lowliest conceivable pit, the Lord will not be separated from those who trust in him. And so, according to the riches of God's glory, the apostle was strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in his inner being. And Christ was actively dwelling in his heart through faith. And we must not think it was just Christ alone who made the apostle's heart his holy dwelling place. For where Christ is, there also is the Father and the Spirit. Thus, St. Paul spoke powerfully to the Ephesian church that they might also receive and hold fast to what he himself had 
which is ultimately union with the triune God. Now, does, does all this mean we somehow lose our human nature as we come into union with God? By no means. The Lord did not become one with us in the incarnation and go so far as to die and be raised again, only for us to lose our human nature in the end. No, despite our mysterious union with Almighty God, we retain our human nature, and He retains His divine nature. But since we've been joined to our Lord Jesus through holy baptism, we are now joined to His divinity. By faith, we participate in it, and it makes us holy. It makes us sacred. We are now set apart, body and soul, for the purposes of the Lord. And we are to use our bodies as God wants us to use them. For the living God now lives in you. But you might think, how can we feeble human beings be indwelt by our holy and righteous God without being totally consumed in the process? And this is a fine question. We might also ask how the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush, but the bush was not consumed in the fire. We might ask how the fullness of the Godhead now dwells bodily in our Lord Jesus. You see, we mustn't, we mustn't think that we can grasp these mysteries so easily with our fallen reason. Only believe what the Word of God tells you and he will grant you understanding in his good timing. Finally, you might ask, well, how can I be indwelt by God if I don't feel any different? But since when did we come to believe that feelings determine those things which we can be certain of in life? Our feelings can be all over the place. They can change from moment to moment and lead us into error very quickly. Thank God we can place all our hope and all our trust in his holy word. For it is far more certain than even heaven and earth. Indeed, they will pass away, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And, and the word of God before us today tells us that Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. So believe that word and know that the Lord has so joined you to himself that he now dwells within you at this very moment. He is actively sanctifying you and renewing you, even as I speak to you now. This union with God changes your whole life, even your very existence, your whole being from the inside out. I hope you can see then that there is a great difference between Christians and non-Christians. Let no one deceive you into thinking otherwise. For who could be united with our holy Lord in body and soul and not lead a holier life? How can gold be placed in a refiner's fire and not have its impurities burned away? It's impossible. It can't happen. By faith, you've become temples of the living God. And as one of our Lutheran fathers once said, wherever a true Christian lives and goes, 
There lives and goes the entire blessed Trinity with his entire host of angels. I can assure you that none of this is merely poetic or symbolic. It is therefore a supreme dignity to be a Christian and dwelt by our Lord, joined to him by virtue of your baptism. And in the Eucharist, at this very altar, your union with God is made visible and concrete. For here you partake of life immortal through Christ's own flesh and blood, given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. May the Lord be pleased to dwell in us now until that day when we will dwell with him face to face, never to be torn from him or from each other ever again. To Christ be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.